I'm Nirupama Subramanian, and you're watching South Asia Matters on Avaaz South Asia. My guest today is Dr. Aisha Siddiqua, Senior Fellow at King's College, London, and the author of two important books on Pakistan, the better known of which is Military Inc. Inside Pakistan's Military Economy. And we are here to discuss the return from exile of the former Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif to Pakistan. He was living here in London. And uh, Aisha, welcome to the show. Uh, my first question to you is this return from exile for, uh, of Nawaz Sharif, what does it mean for him and for Pakistan? Is it the end of Naya Pakistan that was promised by Imran Khan and a return to the Purana Pakistan? Well, thank you, Nirupma, for inviting me. Um, you know, um, I don't know what's near Pakistan, where near Pakistan ends and the old Pakistan begins, and where does old Pakistan ended and the near Pakistan began? Because ultimately, the source of power in both cases remains the military. The military wanted all political parties, which is the Pakistan People's Party and Pakistan Muslim League Nawaz, out. And it wanted to bring a new politician and a new party, which is Imran Khan and Pakistan, Tehreek Insaf. It did. It failed, rejected him, pushed him back, brought uh, Nawaz Sharif, you know, uh, and led to return of Nawaz Sharif. Now, that's a cycle which has repeated itself since the 1950s, I would say, um, or more, more, more uh, precisely since. 19, um, you know, since the 1980s. So I, I, I get it that he has come, uh, Nawaz Sharif has gone back with the blessings of the military because uh, the, the events since May 9th this year, this year have shown that the military is, uh, in a sense, all-powerful. Uh, it has uh, taken full control of the situation in political situation in Pakistan. And... Um, and that uh, you know every politician has to work ha with the with the military i get that but why does nawaz sharif trust the military because he has been done in by the military once in 1999 and then there was uh, when he was ousted by coup in a coup by jennifer reis musharraf and then in um, 2016 2017 his uh, conviction and then disqualification for life uh, all that came from the judiciary but it is widely uh, seen as having uh, a military hand at the, at the back of those decisions. Or why does he trust the military so much? I don't think that there is any love loss between Nawaz Sharif and the military. You know, this morning I was reading this comment by um, popular columnist Fasi Zaka, and he said, um, this is Nawaz Sharif version 4.0. He has, he has more installs than uh, Microsoft Word. Now, basically what it means is that not that there isn't trust, that there is trust between him and the military and vice versa, but that both have come back to work with each other. Nawaz Sharif has to take, you know, hold the military's hand to get into power, to return to power. And the military has to bring him back in order for the country to move forward, at least a step forward, uh, rather than two, two steps backward, which it did 
with Naya Pakistan and, and Imran Khan. So you're saying that they are the military now realizes that Nawaz Sharif is the only person among in this whole stable of politicians that Pakistan has to offer who can actually uh, repair the economy and perhaps repair the polity to, to the extent that the military wants it um, wants it repaired. Is that is that what you're saying? That he is the one that can actually do all this and that they believe that he's the one that, who can do all this? You see, for this round in politics, they have decided to bet on him. Because before they ousted him in 2017-18, um, he's the one who has something to show. Um, he was building infrastructure, the GDP growth rate was 6.1%, inflation was low, uh, you know, under 3%, um, foreign currency rate was, was higher than what, what it is now. Uh, so something was happening. Tax collection was much better in the last, in, in Nawaz Sharif's last government. So like bureaucracy, see how, how do bureaucracies behave? Bureaucracies look at the record and then they go by that. So Nawaz Sharif, right now Nawaz Sharif's record is better than any other party. Right. So you're making a big assumption there, um, which is that he is going to run the country. And before that, he's going to win elections. So uh, is this a fixed match, you think, already that, you know, he's going back, there's going to be elections. Um, I think the date for elections is sometime in uh, February, is it? Uh, has yeah. it, been, uh, it? It hasn't been announced, but yeah. February, roughly, we know that's when we're right. going to have elections. So that he's going to contest elections in the first place, which assumes that he's, that he, because that his dis disqualification for life will be set aside by the court. Then the second thing is that he's going to win that election. And the third thing, of course, is that he's uh, going to be the prime minister. So uh, where are all these assumptions coming from, Dr. Siddiqa? Well, as you said, these are all assumptions. Mm -hmm. Right now, what we know is that the military is ready to bet on Pakistan Muslim League, Nawaz. Mm -hmm. or, well, are you, or are you saying that because he has come back to the country and of course he could not have come back to the country without the blessing of the military. He's come back to the country which means they will ensure that he wins. See what they will ensure right now is that PMLN takes the cake especially in Punjab you know which is very which is very central to Pakistan's politics and so, where, where, where the battle is. It could be Nawaz Sharif it could be Shahbaz Sharif. So it's not decided. But PMLN will go into elections early next year with Nawaz Sharif heading the march. Uh, heading the campaign. The campaign. Ultimately, once it wins, what the situations are, what is the situation with his disqualification, what relief does the, does the court, highest court, give to him? Would that allow him to become... Uh, Prime Minister the fourth time or will it be a situation where PMLN wins under his command but then Prime Ministership goes to somebody else? We don't know. Right. So uh, the the other thing that is uh, uh, that is in, in the realm of the unknown is uh, PTI. What happens to PTI? Because I mean when you say that the PMLN 
MLN will take the cake, it's already an unfair election because um, Imran Khan is in jail. Um, he's not going to be, uh, presumably, he's not going to be allowed to contest um, the election uh, in the same way that Nawaz Sharif's disqualification will be set aside and he will be allowed to contest. And um, and his party is uh, kind of, isn't it uh, splintered already? Like uh, the see, army is ensured. See, PTI, that. we know what's going to happen, what is going to happen to PTI because we know what has happened to PTI. What is going to happen to PTI? Well, PTI has no foot to stand on. Its main leader, I mean, PTI, let's, you know, be very clear on that. Nobody else makes Pakistan Tehreek Insaf but Imran Khan. Imran Khan is in jail. He's been disqualified. Uh, there's a Tosha Khana case, uh, which is against him. He's been convicted in that. There's also the Cypher case, which is coming up for trial. And most possibly, we know that um, you know he'll be convicted. There's also a case of inciting public towards violence on May 9th. There are all these charges. Uh, one case after the other, he's not going anywhere out, out, out of jail. I mean, I, I remember once telling Karan Thapar that they're either going to kill him or the military, or they are going to make him vanish from power politics, which is exactly what they've done. His party has been splintered. Um, people who were continuing to stay with him uh, on his side are being forced to come give statements in front of different media channels, on different media channels. Uh, different programs saying how bad a guy Imran Khan was, how he was, a, you know, he was a source behind May 9th rebellion against the state and the military. So the deck of cards has been set against him. That basically leaves two parties, the two main parties, the Pakistan People's Party and the PMLN. So these are the only ones who are going to contest elections. And within that framework, we already know that People's Party doesn't have a chance because People's Party has almost has no foothold in Punjab. So which is, it's going to be, mm -hmm. so it's going to be, which is very central to the idea of winning elections in Pakistan. So that leaves us only with PMLN. And so technically, if there is a contest, it's between Nawaz Sharif and his brother Shahbaz Sharif. Who of the two, and this is going to be behind the scenes, uh, family kind of a decision on who's going to be there heading PMLN. So if I may ask you, um, what is the support for the PTI at the moment? Because it had, um, Imran Khan had a massive, massive appeal. So it could not have all uh, died out overnight. Could it have? Well, if you go by the 2018 election, right, in Punjab itself, despite all the support from the army, uh, he couldn't get, he got a simple majority. You know, it wasn't even a majority, safe majority in Punjab. Um, now, this time around, um, I'm assuming there's going to be more support for, for, uh, for Imran Khan because people are unhappy with the army. People think that, you know, he's become a hero already. A martyr? A martyr, a source, political martyr, definitely. So if there are going to be fair elections. Which, mean, one, which would mean he's released. He's, or even if he's not released, he is allowed to contest elections. Mm -hmm. And he's allowed to 
sort out his party, organize it. He doesn't even have the capacity right now to organize the party. There's no one to organize the party on his behalf. So in that case, um, I don't see PTI doing much in elections, but also the underlying thing that the elections are not going to be fair. That's a given. Mm -hmm. So, so in a situation where you know the army seems to be in control of how the elections are going to uh, unfold, um, why would they actually hand uh, hand over the entire cake to uh, the PMLN? Because that then opens out another Imran Khan-like situation where um, the PMLN and whoever is leading it thinks I'm the king and you know the army has to uh, bow before me which is what um, led to Imran uh, Nawaz Sharif's uh, two ousters I mean this this feeling that you know the, the awam the people are with me and I will um, and I'm I'm the ruler of this country and I can do what I want with the army uh, so why would the army want that kind of situation again I don't think that army wants that situation. We don't know that um, it's Nawaz who's going to kind of take the entire cake um, of you know voters. Um, I am not sure how many people will come out uh, to vote. What will be the voting percentage? You know, let's wait for elections. Until then, everything else is conspiracy and conjecture, really. But I think they are they are far more ready to control him, uh, the military. Uh, and there, he is. There, there are cases. Look, there are cases still pending against him. And he's also here to settle the matter for his daughter's future. He wants his next generation to come into politics. And that negotiation would mean that he has to hold back from his rebellious from the rebellious positions he, he took in the past. So you're saying in a sense that he's willing to be controlled by the army in this pact that he's made with them. So do we know really? Um, I, I wonder if controlled is the wide right word. I mm -hmm. mean, um, let's not forget Benazir Bhutto, uh, 2007. She had returned after signing uh, the, the National Reconciliation Ordinance uh, with Musharraf government and have, was willing to work with the military government. Now, at, you know, it's, 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 it's a game of chess. And so he's moved uh, his horse, Nawaz Sharif, he's back. He's saying, let me come back into power politics and contest from inside rather from outside in exile. He has to organize his party. His uh, party was losing faith. It was getting exhausted um, and so he has to do all that organization and while he does does that you know tries to create more room for himself for his uh, family for his party which is really run by his his family so all of that mm. uh, so you know it's it's an intense negotiation that both the military uh, and 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 pmln will be engaged in what is also being assumed is that at some point, we don't know when, at some point, again, there will be a big breakdown. There will be miscommunication. Because historically, what has happened in Pakistan, that every time politicians have found 
their feet getting stronger, they've tried to push back the military. Right. In Nawaz's case, what he has done historically is he tries to kind of buy sympathy, uh, sympathies of different generals, uh, tries to get bureaucracy on his side. Um, that's how he, he works, not through strengthening the party cadre. Uh, so let's see where does he, where, you know, how far does he go? And then if he's going to make the same mistakes as he did in the past. Right. So. Um, uh, are there any conditions under which he has actually come to uh, return to Pakistan? I mean, I'm sure there are conditions and, and one of the conditions being that he's not going to challenge the military and he's not going to be offensive towards the, uh, towards the military and the army chief. Uh, and he's going to kind of, you know, uh, work with them. Uh, very clearly, one of the instructions he was given given before holding um, the Jalsaid Minare Pakistan was not to malign or mention by name any institution, which means uh, the generals and the judges. So, what do you what did you think about the turnout at the Minare Pakistan Jalsa? Because I I hear it was huge and perhaps even bigger than. Um, the one that Imran Khan held at the same venue, which was supposed to be a turning point in his in his career. So yes, it was a big jalsa, and you know uh, what else could have been a big jalsa because now um, it's his own party support. I mean, it's a Pakistan. Don't forget, is a is a country of two hundred twenty million people and more, in fact. And so get over a hundred thousand people to come to Lahore. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure after being exiled in four years, this is, we deserve that. And also the fact that there's nothing which, which stops um, people from coming. The military is completely supporting him. They were happy to assist in whatever way to, to, to ensure that this Jalsa is successful. The point is, where do we go uh, from here? The Jalsa is good. Does not necessarily mean that election victory will also look like that mm. uh, if that is if uh, elections are free and fair um, so this is a big show of power from pmln to indicate that he's back and that uh, he's going to take ground from uh, from pti and move on now where does he take the country you know where if he succeeds in kind of uh, solving the tricky issues, the trickiest being the economy. And I think really this Jalsa would not matter at all if, say, in the coming months, um, the economy is still at where it is or there is no hope for revival of the economy. Then really, Mr. Mr. Sharif is, is, is in trouble then. Right. But one of the... But as you as you said yourself, that it's either him or the PPP, and the PPP is certainly a weaker party right now than than the PMLN because it's Punjab where they have to prove themselves. So, um, so it might be, uh, you know, what might his election victory then look like if the economy, you know, weakens even further? Well, you know, it's going to be like uh, a struggle. Um, February 
there is also an understanding the military would want to kind of give over formal power to a political government because it's it also means responsibility right one like once elections are held there is a new prime minister then it becomes their responsibility of course uh this time around there will be something different and that something different is that people are so clear about one thing uh, i mean on the streets people understand that mia nawaz sharif is returning after having um signed some form of agreement with the military that he is the military's choice and if the economy doesn't improve then inadvertently military gets to share the blame as well right one of the interesting things that he said in the uh, speech at minare pakistan was regarding india and i was surprised that the reference came at all because uh, his previous break points with um, with the army uh, in 1999 and 2016 uh, 17 were both uh, they both came after uh, some turning points uh, in pakistan's relations with india where uh, that is where he had uh, taken them uh, one was after the 1999 uh, lahore declaration and the second was uh, the 2015 december visit of uh, prime minister narendra modi uh, to lahore a surprise visit uh, to the sharif home and for to attend an event there and um, it they they were both signals for uh, that the two countries were on the cusp of uh, you know improving their ties it did not happen and there was clearly it seemed so, to be a signal from the military that they're not going to allow this to happen so when he said at minare pakistan that you know i want to uh, improve relations uh, with uh, the neighboring countries with regional countries and we want to uh, solve the kashmir problem with izzat uh i was surprised that he was uh, you know he got away with saying that um and also that um what does he mean when he says we want to resolve this with izzat see what he means is that perhaps going back to uh, the moment of lahore declaration you know mm-hmm. lahore declaration was the high point uh, in the in, in in the recent history of india pakistan uh, peace initiative that an indian prime minister had come to to lahore and said you know uh, we don't want to uh, we're not after you we accept you as a reality and you know uh, the, the, there was a composite dialogue kashmir was also part of it i don't think that nawaz sharif is looking at reversal of article 370 or uh, you know or 35a he's not looking for that but he's talking about talks he's talking about the same thing which previous regimes had also done that you know give some respite to the kashmiris uh i mean kashmiris is a big boat bank in pakistan so we can't abandon them i think what is important also is is that what it indicates is that now pakistan has entered a phase where military and political leadership agree on finding a peaceful solution and resumption of ties with with india the indicator what what it indicated you know that the fact that he mentioned it at all that they were going to have ties with good relations with neighbors trade etc means that there is an understanding 
also in the army GHQ that we have to move forward uh, in relations with India. See, the mistake that was made in the previous term, 2013 to 18, where, you know, Navashi was gung-ho about uh, trade with India, you know, we have to move on, etc. And a lot of movement, honestly, was made on both sides. The breakup point was when Narendra Modi came to Lahore and had this private conversation with Nawaz Sharif. That's where the army got nervous. You see, army and at that time, General Kiani, I mean, I remember, uh, you must have heard about it. You were probably there in, uh, were you there in Pakistan then? In 2010? 10, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. so. you know, if you remember that the conversation then used to be that, you know, Kiani wants trade with India. Yeah. So what happened? I mean, he was actually helping uh, the study, you know, Ikriar from, from India and Lums from Pakistan. They were holding studies, there were seminars, there were meetings happening to bring businessmen and, and industry uh, on both sides together. And former ambassador to yeah. uh, High Commissioner to Pakistan, Ambassador Sharad Sabarwal, has a very detailed chapter in his book about how they were so close to an agreement on, on trade. And, and so what I want to remind you is that during all of that, the army was on board. I mean, they would assist getting people visas, you know, people who travel from India, etc., all of that. Now, this private one-to-one -one meeting gave them the sense that it's Nawaz who wants to have complete agency mm. and ownership of the process. They're extremely fearful of that. You know, completely civilians, completely taking over and uh, doing something all on their own with India makes them very, very nervous. Now, of course, situation is even more different because uh, Pakistan has, you know, uh, last year came out of the Financial Action Task Force, uh, Grey List. Uh, jihadism is not something it can afford to do any longer. Now, in that, it still requires a very complex but tenderly held internal negotiation inside Pakistan between the political forces and the military to ensure that they go together when talking to next, you know, to India. So the Pakistan army, you're saying, is here to stay as a, a stakeholder in national political life. It is When was it not? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that uh, this is something that Nawaz Sharif will have to take on board, whatever he does. Yes, he will have to. I mean, look, uh, he's what, returning the fourth time, right? Um, First time 1990, then 1996, then 2013. Returning as Prime Minister. Yeah, returning as, returning as Prime Minister and also um, commanding power politics. So we don't know the fourth time if he's going to be the Prime Minister, but we definitely know that his party is in the run. Now, and I'm sure he's learned a lot of lessons. Mm. I'm sure he's seen a lot. Let me correct myself. I'm sure he's seen a lot, whether he's going, he's learned lessons is, I am not, I, I don't know, uh, you know, we'll, you know, uh, as he moves on, we'll, we'll, we'll find out more if he's learned any lesson. Um, what we definitely know is that he's not learned any lesson about allowing the senior most uh, general to become uh, the army chief. 
it's always a political choice. Right. Uh, from what I've heard is that the People's Pakistan People's Party was happy with whoever became the army chief because their contention was whoever becomes the army chief takes the same line as the institution. So why, you know, uh, be picky on who to, to make uh, the next army chief? And every time yeah, Nawaz Sharif has made the choice, it has come back to bite him. So let's see if it comes back to bite him this time. And you're saying also that the army and the Nawaz Sharif may be on the same page on improving relations with India. That's a very, uh, very optimistic note on which to end the session. Thank you for being a guest on South Asia Matters. And um, thank you for all for watching South Asia Matters. We'll be back again next week.